Hey everyone, hope all is well. Well, we're here at Holy Week. Hope you had a great time of worship yesterday um, at your local church and uh, hope you had a chance to reflect on Jesus' grand entrance into Jerusalem uh, that we in the church refer to as Palm Sunday. And if you weren't able to do that, it's okay. I encourage you uh, maybe to press pause and just go ahead and read the first 11 verses of Matthew chapter 21 uh, before continuing on, just so that you have that account in the back of your mind. Our journey through Lent has been leading us to this moment, to the most significant week of Jesus' mission and ministry. Let's approach it today and every day this week with our eyes open and being expectant for how the Lord is going to move and how he might be inviting us to grow closer to him. Before I read today's passage, let's uh, pray together. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you're with us and that you're for us and that you have um, our best life uh, in mind and our best life available to us um, as we come to you and receive it. We pray for uh, wisdom and discernment as we read and reflect on the scriptures today. Um, speak loudly to us uh, so that we can hear your voice and give us the faith we need to respond in obedience. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 17. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you ever read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out to the city of Bethany, where he spent the night. As I mentioned before our reading, today's passage comes on the heels of Jesus' unforgettable entrance into Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus had often retreated from the limelight in years past, but he lived this day and the ones that followed for everyone to see. In fact, the gospel seemed to indicate that he intentionally drew attention to himself. The time had come for him to fulfill his mission, to bring peace to the hearts of humanity, and he wanted the world to know. After arriving in Jerusalem, Jesus went to the temple I want you to think about the last time you were in a large, crowded place. Was it an airport or maybe a festival or a sporting event? Uh, like many of us, I'm sure I haven't been in the crowd for a while due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but I have. Uh, but I have been in some. But I've been in some big crowds during my lifetime. I think of one. But I've been in some big ones during my life. I think of the crowded markets and outdoor public spaces of Manhattan, 
um, and the, the many concerts that I've been to. Uh, Lollapalooza in Chicago is probably the biggest one that I ever went to. And the mass exodus of people uh, who would leave Grant Park after the final set each night um, and streamed into the loop for their hotel, a pub, or just to catch a train out of town. Then, of course, there's always a massive crowd at Disney World. I've been there a couple times, and the crowds there sometimes make you doubt that it's the happiest place on earth. When I tried to imagine Jerusalem at the time of the Passover festival, though, I actually think of State College, Pennsylvania on a weekend of a big football game. State College is where Penn State University is located, and that's where Liz and I went to college. Uh, so I have a decent amount of experience there. The, the, the population of State College is around 42,000, but it regularly swells to more than 150,000 on game day, especially if there's a major opponent in town. The, the campus and the town and the acres and acres of tailgaters all blend into one massive, festive, friendly party. And there's a buzz that builds on campus and in town all week leading up to Saturday and up until the anticipation for kickoff. It feels like a, a champagne bottle that's ready to explode. Uh, by the time the, the first play comes around, the stadium is often shaking and it feels like it's going to blast off. I think that that is what it was like in Jerusalem when Jesus was there to celebrate Passover. Jewish people from all over the world had made their pilgrimage. Inns were flooded, streets were packed, and the courts surrounding the temple were buzzing with activity. The temple had been created to be the house of God in the city of God. And it was an incredible honor with deep social and cultural meaning to be here at the temple the temple of temples to worship God and to experience his presence. Worshiping God included offering sacrifices to be in right relationship with him. These sacrifices and the procedures for offering them were outlined in the Torah, the first several books of the Jewish Bible, and had to be followed with strict observance because of the long distances that people traveled to be in Jerusalem, many outsiders couldn't bring the animals that were uh, included uh, or to be included for their sacrifices. Instead, they would purchase them in Jerusalem after they arrived. There were some who used this reality to scam visitors and to bolster their bank accounts by exchanging foreign currency and selling animals to be sacrificed right outside the temple at ridiculous overinflated rates. Uh, the people from out of town had to pay, of course, because they knew that they had to be in accordance with God's law to be right with him. But often these were everyday blue-collar people who didn't really have the margin to be paying for expensive, overpriced sacrifices. Uh, with all of this in mind, how do you read Jesus' words and actions in verse 12 and 13? I mean, he completely flips his lid. He's dumping tables and driving vendors out of the temple in broad daylight. I, when I read this passage, I see a man who is enraged. 
it must have been quite a scene. If I'm right about how I see it, why did he act like this? In other words, why was Jesus so mad about what was happening? Like we read for three days last week, Jesus is most in opposition to those who consider themselves the elite, particularly when it comes to religion, as those are who are somehow better, more significant, and closer to God because of their performance. Having the right answers for the Bible quiz, praying fluently, wearing trendy outfits to church, whatever it is, fill in the blank. But Jesus doesn't care about how someone looks if they're fake. The religious elite cared about how privileged they appeared on the outside. Jesus cared how healthy people were on the inside. We see in Jesus the Son of God who came to reunite and reconcile people to God to to remove every barrier that exists between them. I I think he was so mad in this moment because the money changers and retailers in the temple were creating yet another barrier between these people and God. It's as if Jesus was saying, this is where people are supposed to enjoy the presence of God and, and experience his peace but you're distracting them from his presence and you're weighing them down with anxieties and I am not going to put up with it. As the text continues in verse 14, we see that Jesus then focused his attention on the weak and the vulnerable. He does amazing things for them and they respond by acknowledging him as the one God would send to save his people. I think as a bit of a summary, we see in today's reading that Jesus broke into the lives of all sorts of people, money changers and merchants, people with special needs, children, church people, religious leaders, and lawyers, all in the middle of a crowd made up of people from around the world. In these people, we also see a variety of responses to his coming. Some are taken by surprise by Judas. They they didn't think he had emotions that deep or that he wasn't afraid to get in people's faces. Some were desperate for him and longed for his presence. Some of them were grateful. Others were skeptical and even worse, couldn't stand him. He was an interruption, an inconvenience, a disruption to their position and authority. I wonder if we were in the temple crowds when Jesus was flipping tables, healing diseases, and challenging the religious establishment, how would we respond to him? Now, I know we can't go back in time, but we can still reflect on the posture we've taken toward him. I encourage you to Take some time today and consider where you're at in life right now. What would it be like if Jesus showed up in your life today? How might you react? In what ways would you be prepared? And in what ways might you be unprepared? Would he fit with your life or would he disrupt it? No matter what answer you come to as you do that, know that he wants to be real to you and he wants to be with you. It's why he came, to remove every obstacle between us and him. If you sense him inviting you close, 
I encourage you to take that step of faith. I promise that you won't regret it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to reflect on who Jesus is as the representative of heaven. We thank you that uh, you, Jesus, are just and merciful and near to those in need. We ask that you would lead us and teach us as we try to follow you today. Please be real to us and show us the ways of your kingdom. We pray in your name. Amen.